The Bear Media Podcast Network is proud to have United Harvest as our presenting sponsor. Founded by farmers and ranchers, United Harvest brings the finest meats directly to your door via internet and overnight delivery. United Harvest pays qualifying ranchers more than 75% above market prices to procure their top cattle. Owning their own butcher shop, cuts are carefully crafted, vacuum sealed, and flash frozen for ultimate freshness after a 14-day wet age process. In addition to premium cattle, United Harvest offers Hooterite pork, grass-fed Oregon lamb, and Masami Japanese American Wagyu Angus Cross cattle. That's right, you heard me right. American Wagyu Angus Cross cattle. It's incredible. I've tried it. I'm offering you 15% off by typing in the discount code FRIENDS15 in the discount box at unitedharvest.com. That's FRIENDS15. We guarantee you will absolutely fall in love with these meats. Go to unitedharvest.com today. I don't even know how to remotely start a podcast. I don't know how to start a conversation. <laughs> start a podcast. If I could be any celebrity, I'd be Will Winner. Please, for the love of God, if you're listening to this and you still tuck your jeans in your boots, reach down, pull those bad boys out, all right? We're done with that. We're done with that. I am 97 pounds of twisted steel and sex appeal. Next! I should have brought my recorder. I could have played hot cross buns. Is that illegal? <laughs> when our two moms listen to this podcast, they're going to be like... Yeah, our two moms. They're going to be super proud of us. Welcome <laughs> to the Keeper Pin. Welcome back, everyone. We've missed you. This is season two. I can't believe we even had a first season and we are alive and we're well and we don't have C's anymore and I'm doing great. Maddie, are you alive and well? <laughs> I'm alive. Not so well some days. It just depends on how the workday went, but you know what? Today is a good day, so I'm going to go with it. Today is a great day. We got Halloween tomorrow. Um, I want everyone to know that I was going to be the toothless guy from Tiger King but um, I couldn't get the raisins to stick to my front teeth. And then I just decided to be the situation from Jersey Shore. So that is what I'm doing tomorrow, if anyone cares. Is there a game in College Station? Yep. We play Arkansas, Arkansas. We'll jump right into it because uh, because I know that you know, Kirby doesn't have all the time in the world. And we're so thankful to have her on. During this season, we've, you know, Jen and I just sort of went through and we handpicked a handful of women that we thought you guys would really love to hear from. And so their stories are all really unique and they all come from different backgrounds. And so we're super excited to start this and we couldn't imagine having anyone better. So Kirby, I'll go ahead and let you introduce yourself. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. Um, this is going to be fun. Um, so I'm Kirby Schnorr, and I um, am from California originally. I've lived in Texas for over seven years now. I moved here for a job after graduating college and not being able to get a job for quite some time. So that was always that's always a fun um, added bonus to my story when I talk about how you know, I even got to Texas and we can get into that later, but, you know, I, I was raised on an almond farm from a farming ranching family in California. And then my two sisters and I showed cattle across the United States. 
where we um, just got really involved in the industry and met so many great people and which led us down different career paths, but also aided into the career paths that we all chose. Um, and so, yeah, that's just a little bit about me. I'm a workaholic, as some would say, but I really do love what I do and I love the industry. And, you know, I, I love growing up the way I did. And in California now being a Texan, I'm proud to say that, um, but I appreciate my California roots. Yeah, I think that's we awesome. A- and go ahead, Jenna. Oh, I was going to say, we have like a, a very dedicated uh, listening listener base from California. And obviously, uh, I think I went out there one time in my lifetime. So like, tell us the difference in agriculture, climate, like things that you went through with 4-H and FFA, like the scheme of that, because I know it's completely different than us two from the Midwest and even Texas. Um, while we're all in ag and we're all in the livestock deal they don't look the same in every state. So what's like your details on that or or your background or any fun stories that you have? Yeah, I mean, you are completely right. When people think of California, I know, especially when we were going around and showing cattle, they're like, oh, well, you're by the beach. And it's like, well, no, I mean, we're not far and we're close to the mountains as well. But, you know, it's a very diverse um, place to especially come from. And what some people don't know, and I know, especially with social media and different things now, the word's getting out there, but California is the number one agricultural state in America. And I, for one, am proud of that. Not a lot of people are educated and aware of that. And so I just think it's really neat to be out there and be from there and see all the different, you know, products that are grown there and just all the different things that California does have to offer in so many different ways. Um, the climate is pretty typical. We, you know, it's never snowed at my house where I grew up from, but we got the fog and not a lot of people get the fog. You know, we got that, that set in kind of in the Valley is what we call it where I'm from. And I am from pretty much the dead center of California. It's about 15 minutes from the center where there's a palm tree and a pine tree and one represents the South and one represents the North and a small town called Chotchilla, very, very small. I graduated with 200 people in my class and some people are like, well, that's a lot larger, you know, than us. But for me in California, that was very, very tiny. Um, and you know, my family, they used to farm a lot of different, um, things. They would farm hay, tomatoes, almonds and we had cotton at one time corn even um, and then to just because of land prices and California taxes and different things it is hard to be diverse there unless you are extremely large and so we kind of transitioned into being more of just almond farmers and we still do hay on the side especially for a lot of dairymen in the area and my sisters and I we do run the Angus cattle that we have there and, you know, that kind of, beca- that was a hobby, more fun. And, and we just enjoy that. And my older sister really takes pride in the cattle that we do have there. But um, yeah, I mean, California is interesting. You know, I can be driving down the road and I can see strawberries, kale, radicchio, which was created there. I can see cotton, corn, you know, all different varieties of lettuce, obviously, broccoli, spinach. I mean, you just name it. It's very, very interesting. Artichokes, avocados. You know, I go to the store here in Texas and I see, it seems like it's $10 for one avocado. You're driving down the road, you can pull off 
the side of the road and there's a little stand and you can get 10 avocados for a dollar. It's just completely different, obviously, but it's all grown there. And so I do understand that aspect, but being raised on an almond farm, a lot of people don't understand how those grow and they grow on trees and there's a whole process to it. They do require a lot of water and there's a lot of water rights and regulations in California and different things. There's a lot of people who are uneducated and don't understand the need for agriculture production or how food gets on their table. And more and more as I go in my career and talk to different people to us as agriculturalists or farmers, ranchers, basically, and we do a pretty poor job of educating people. We think we're doing a good job, which I like to commend. We're doing a better job. I don't think we're quite there yet for really getting the message out there. And that just comes with time and, you know, expertise and really being able to communicate with people who just truly don't understand what goes into putting food on our tables and um, gas in our cars and just, you know, shoes on our feet and where all those byproducts come from. But that just is kind of in a nutshell, California is so different and diverse in so many ways. But I go back to this. It is the number one agriculture state in America. And if people just drive up and down the state, they will see why it is. Absolutely. I think that, you know, I agree with you completely in what you say, like just talking about the different kind of, you know, strawberries, avocados and uh, things that, you know, being at me at A&M now in these ag comm classes um, and, and Maddie and I come from the similar backgrounds, you know, we, there's corn in front of our house to the left and the right and behind us, like cornfields, soybeans, everything um, kind of row crops and livestock, but we forget as agriculturalists um, and we're kind of just blinded of different, you know, like almond farming like that, you know, people make their livelihoods yeah. off of that. And sometimes we forget about, um, small things because it's not in our niche and it's not in our deal. And we don't do a, a good enough job just advocating as a whole, you know, like strawberry, those are still farmers. Those are still people who are in agriculture, but we don't think about it. Exactly. No, you're exactly right. And that's the thing too. I mean, the farmer across the street will do something. They might do the same product as us, but they'll do something and do it a completely different way. And that's one thing too, I think, um, especially furthering my career, like I said, I have such an appreciation for now um, our end goal, right, is to put food on people's tables. It is to feed the country and the rest of the world. And we do a pretty decent job at that, you know, here in the United States, I would like to say. Um, and we just have to sometimes have more respect and appreciation for the individuals that work day in and day out in this industry and really not only advocate for ourselves, but the industry as a whole. And like I said, I just think we are doing a better job of that now. I do think we have a long ways to go because of the disconnect between the consumer and the provider. Um, but we'll get there. And especially if people want to continue to eat, we'll definitely get there. <laughs> Absolutely. I had myself on mute there for a second because this guy, I'm in the very back of the parking lot and he just parked so super close <laughs> and just about door dinged me. And I was like, you guys don't want to hear the words that are about to come You're out of my to mouth. Fight on the <laughs> That's so great. <laughs> so I'm terribly sorry, but um, yeah, okay. you mentioned 
you mentioned your sisters and I am going to give a shameless plug to Amanda because I love children. I love babies and I have loved nothing more than to see you girls be aunts and moms. And so I bet that that is so exciting. I know that's, I know this is so strange because we're right in the middle of an ag discussion, but when you brought up Amanda, I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, So that's, thank you for that. We're so, we're so happy for Amanda, Amanda, you know, and that's one thing we're a really um, close family. And so it's always hard for me to be away in Texas. And I know Sid was at Oklahoma state for quite some time. And Amanda had went to college in Oregon state and obviously I was still in high school and Sid was younger and we traveled around and showed together still. But when life moments like this happens, it's really challenging to be away, but you appreciate your family so much. And, you know, my two sisters and I, we, um, we're just, we're just so excited that all of us have taken next, you know, next steps and different parts and different aspects of our lives. And it's just kind of fun to watch and experience and be a part of. That's for sure. Yeah. And I didn't mean to interrupt his conversation. <laughs> Whenever you brought Amanda up, I was like, well, I'm going to give a shameless plug to the new baby in the family. Love so, it. Um, but I think one other thing that, you know, is really important and that we really wanted to talk about was your transition that you had in between college and your job. A lot of people are going through transitions right now in life, and it's a really difficult time. And Jenna and I are going through it sort of right now ourselves. So we don't have advice for people necessarily on how to work through it because we're right in the heat of it. So maybe just a little bit of advice on, you know, how you transitioned from that college time into your career role and things like that. Absolutely. You know, and that it's always a funny story for me and I'm not going to bore you all waste, waste your guys's time because I know I've told it quite a bit and whether people have heard it or not. Um, but that was a really difficult cold transition. I found it to be challenging because when I graduated college there, the economy was super down, um, and nobody would hire me. And so my biggest thing is I, I graduated with mass communications and journalism degree emphasis in broadcast journalism. I knew I didn't want to go into news. I didn't want to be in hard news, although I love watching the news. And I know a lot of people are like, Ew, it's terrible. (laughs) It's wrong. They're liars. Hey, I get it. I work in media and I have for quite some time. So I know what we're capable of doing and how we can, you know, transition things and change things and all that. But with that said, I kind of didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't think I'd be an ag, but you know, I just was lost. Like I had no idea. I knew I wanted a job and I knew I wanted to make money. And I knew those two things and I knew I'd do whatever it took to do that. And so for me, I applied so many different places, magazine places, Um, from fashion to agricultural to, you know, uh, restaurants, like, you know, just, or, you know, writing about chefs, anything like that. Like I was like, Hey, maybe I'll be in the magazine sector of things or whatever. Or maybe I'll just be an administrative assistant. I had no idea. All I wanted was a job, like I said. And so I applied and applied and I applied and nobody would even respond to me. Everybody wanted, you know, 10 plus years of experience. And I'm like, okay, well I'm 22 Um, I don't have that. I didn't start working at 12, you know, when I was 12 years old at a corporation and like so many times, like I'll never forget getting so frustrated and I won't say the words out loud on here that I like would tell my parents. I'm like, but bleep bleep, like, how am I supposed to start working when I'm five and have all this experience? Like I don't understand. And, um, so that was always hard for me to swallow. 
And I'll never forget some magazine company in Dallas. Finally, like I just kept emailing and, you know, I did the whole, um, LinkedIn and applied online and did all those things. I then finally got sick of it. Cause I, what I graduated in May and then it's September and I still don't have a job. Um, and I got sick of it. And so I did dug deeper. I would research like, okay, who are the people that work there? Okay. Get on Facebook. Let me see if I can find their emails. Right. Cause you get on the internet, you can find any, find anything. And, that's and so the then I would girl in us. Yes. We exactly. can find anything out. Oh, research. <laughs> right. Like you'll get to the bottom of it. Even if you don't want to, you'll get to the bottom of it. Um, and so I would just directly email those people. No shame. Right. I was like, crazy ex-girlfriend gonna go for it like I'm just gonna email them until they email me back finally one of these guys he was an editor he emailed me back and he was like yeah we saw your thing come through you're not qualified and I'm like well at least give me a chance to meet me in person he was like okay this girl's annoying she's gonna be pushy whatever on her own dime she can fly out here blah 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 this stuff so I did but I, you know I talked to my parents and they're like my dad's like well if you're going you might as well print out your resumes go knock on doors. Like, don't just settle for that one job interview. If you're going to be in Dallas, stay there for two weeks and extended stay, all this stuff. So I did that. I didn't know anybody here. And, you know, the longer I've been here, I'm like, Oh, I didn't know those people were down the road or, you know, cattle show people were here and there. I just didn't think outside the box at that moment. I was just so laser focused on getting a job. Um, but anyway, so I was here and it, I knew it wasn't going to work out, especially the salary that they were going to pay me. I was like, Oh my gosh, like I can't even, you know, pay rent on that. And the tiniest of places here. And so there was just a really eye opening experience, um, that came along with that. And my, I'll never forget one night I was staying at a Marriott extended stay. And I called my mom and I said, I just, this is so discouraging. Like, how am I ever going to get a job? Like, what am I going to do? And, you know, working for my dad and all them, I mean, that just wasn't an option. I didn't have enough experience for him. And I'm like, oh my gosh, if I don't have enough experience for somebody who's supposed to love me unconditionally, like how am I supposed <laughs> to have any qualifications for anyone else? Um, but I'm appreciative of my parents, you know, being hard on all of us girls in that aspect, because I just think it taught us a lot. And so, um, with that said, my mom just said, call on, you know, Julie French, she's got to know people. And I worked a lot with Julie French and, um, in the Angus world and, you know, their family's so great. And so one night I just called her, I texted her and I said, can you talk? And she's like, yep. Next thing I knew, she had me set up with three different people here in the state of Texas and this specifically the DFW area. And she's like, well, how long are you there? Get in your rental car, drive over tomorrow night and you're going to dinner with them. I know you don't know them, but go to dinner with them. And so long story short, from there on, I um, got connected with Superior Livestock. I drove over there one day, one afternoon, I met with the vice president, Joe Lichty, and the marketing director at the time, Nancy Gill. And we um, just sat and spoke about everything. And <laughs> I was like, love this place. They showed me the stockyards. Um, and they showed me the offices. I love everything they stood for. I was like, this is a different part of the cattle industry that, you know, I knew obviously some aspects of it, but, you know, I was like, there's a whole new world, especially when it comes to lot loads and just all that different stuff that I just hadn't educated myself on. And so, um, I'll never forget leaving. And Joe's like, well, it was great to meet you. We don't have anything for you, but keep us in mind in the future. And I was uh, I was like, this is devastating. Well, I, you know, wrapped up my time here in Texas, <laughs> those two weeks I went home and I would say 
yeah, it was middle of September maybe. And I probably, I emailed Joe once, if not maybe three times a week for the rest of that month, all of October until he finally got sick of me. And he's, and I had told him, I'll take out trash. I'll answer phones. I want to work there. I believe in your company. I believe, you know, being a part of it. And I feel like I'd be a great asset to it. And so he's like, fine, you can come answer phones for us. And he's like, come January one. And then they had some transitions. And then, so he was like, Hey, I know this is a last ask or a late ask. It's right before Thanksgiving. And I was going out of town with my family for Thanksgiving. And he said, but can you start the Monday after Thanksgiving? And it was not even like a question in my mind. I said, yep, we went out of town for Thanksgiving. We went to New York, actually. Um, we flew, I'll never forget my sisters and my parents. We flew back home and I got two other suitcases, put those, that other suitcase in their car. And I turned around and got on a flight to DFW and I, I never looked back. I mean, my parents were, I didn't even bring a car. I bought a car here eventually. Um, I had nowhere to live. I stayed with Nancy Gill, our marketing director at the time, um, at her house, which she was so gracious to house me. I mean, I could barely even remember what she looked like when I met her. And then I stayed in an extended stay again, you know, obviously, you know, until I found a place and it just all kind of worked out. But I guess when I say all this and how I got started here, I never thought I was above doing any job, right? I never thought just because I got my degree or I did 11 internships in college, 11 girls, let me tell you, 11 and like (laughs) radio station, news station, worked for a magazine. I mean, I worked for a hospital and a foundation board. I did it all because I was just trying to diversify myself. Doesn't matter. I finally got to the point where I realized, okay, I can take out trash and answer phones because I'm not above doing that. I obviously don't, who knows if I even have the experience to do that because they probably want somebody (laughs) with trash taking out experience, right? (laughs) I didn't even have that. So you need a sanitation um, degree. Yes, exactly. (laughs) But I think that's what helped me as I wasn't too big for my britches and I didn't have this ego and you know, I'm, that might be, that might be a shock to some people, let me (laughs) tell you, but I really didn't, like, I didn't think I was better than anybody else going into that. And I didn't um, think I was too good to do anything. And so I positioned myself and I put myself in a situation that I could succeed because of that mindset. No, I love everything you just said, because you know, Maddie and I were, I'm still in college. She's graduated. She's got a career. I'm looking for internships in between, you know, junior and senior year, which is a big time, you know, because these are the companies that you hope hire you. And I think that a good message from everything, your story and your life and just everything you just said is you do not have to have everything figured out. Like, and it's, it's the anxiety in me. It's my OCD wanting to control and, and being like, okay, I'm going to have this job. I'm going to make this much money, drive this car. It's going to be perfect. I mean, it's the fact that you, you know, didn't have a job and didn't have that. And then you're where you are now. Um, not only is that just God, but that just is, goes to show that you can have everything in line and it go completely backwards and not having in everything in line sometimes works out even better. Absolutely. Yeah, I had goosebumps when she was telling it. I mean, I just think that that's that's so important for 
I mean, anyone. I know we do have a few guys who listen to it, and hopefully, you can find. Yeah, it's not a just females; bit. it's guys too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I know that we do have a few of them, and so hopefully, you know, from that story, you can find some encouragement because I know we have a ton of people that write into us and let us know that they're really struggling right now in that transition period. So here's your number one prime example, the first one that we've brought to you who is so successful and, you know, was able to tell us a little bit about the kind of wiggly journey that it took for her to get to where she is. I think that's also just reassuring. I mean, not that you, you know, you, I think you're, you're a very genuine person, but there's a lot of social media has ruined the world. The fact that it uh-huh. seems like you have I, to have this beautiful transition, you know, yep. graduating and I, college. And I actually want to touch, I want to touch on that with y'all because like, I guess for me, when I was doing this, you know, I'm 31 now. And, um, so, man, I have been in Texas. I didn't even, I've been here longer than seven years, but I mean, I just want you guys to know social media did not play a part in, um, a lot of things we did at the time. I mean, I got an Instagram, I think towards the end of college, that's when it came out. Facebook was, you know, MySpace was still a thing for me. And then Facebook came out and then I, I, I at one point got rid of my Facebook. I would like to say, and my family is this way. We're pretty private people. Um, and so for me, especially now with social media, I'm very private. I used to share a lot of private things and more so now it's kind of a facade, right? You don't see me posting an ugly picture of myself. I'm sure as hell not going to do that, but you know, let me tell you how many times out of, but you know, but how many times out of the day do I look pretty bad or how I wake up? But that's, that's the beauty in it, right? Like social media, it can be a disadvantage and it can be an advantage. And for me, I kind of use it just as fun. I don't, I know there's a lot of great individuals in this industry who use it to benefit the industry, but also themselves. And I think that's fantastic. I one for one, I don't, I just, I, I use my career. I use the television exposure that I have. Um, I'm, I'm, not a social media fan. I think too many people think they know too much about people based on social media. And I disagree with that. I don't like it. I'm like, because I can make anything look good based on a picture or a post or a quote. Um, Absolutely. And so that's where I get a little different than a lot of people in this day and age. Again, I don't think social media is all negative. I think it can be used in the right ways. And I know there's a lot of wonderful people that are using it in the right ways for me personally. I just, um, the timing where social media became popular and things like that. And, and we can go on this too, the messages that I've gotten, the things that have been said about me because of social media, I just have strayed the other way because I'm like, I can create any life and make you all believe it based on a picture. And I just, um, so I'm just not a fan most of the time, but when it's used in the correct terms and manners and right ways, then some great things can come from it. Yeah. And I think we, you know, have like a, our, our, our listener base, I know just varies age wise. We have moms Uh with daughters who listen and and that's awesome. But I think that, you know, with us being in our twenties, I mean, we grew up with a lot of social media. I had like, I remember I made an Instagram in eighth grade or freshman year high school. So like it was, it's very prominent. It's all I've had (laughs) and all I know, like, and that's, that's beautiful because it's connected me and I can stay in touch with a lot of like people, especially in the livestock deal, but I know it's ruining these little girls, self-esteem and images that, and that's what Maddie and I've tried to do with the podcast is just be like, 
and, and even your story, I think is a great, is exactly the keeper pin and what we want to say, like, you don't have to have your shit together all the time to, no, to be don't. successful. Mm-mm. And success doesn't come in the forms that we see on social media and that people think that it is. Um, so if you're listening to this and you don't fit in the mold of the, the girl on Instagram, you're going to be okay. I promise you. And I uh, think that's the biggest thing too. And I, I love what you just said. And I want to capitalize on that a little more. There's so many apps out there to like really transform like the image that you're putting out there. And so that's not realistic. That's not reality. And I think more times than not, we have created this false reality and it's really um, dictated how people feel about themselves. And that, that, sadden, that saddens me. I mean, at 31, I'll look at things and I'm like, well, I don't look like that. So I get it. And like, I, that's just a true testament of me saying, you don't see me posting an ugly picture of myself because one, I don't want to be ridiculed. And two, I don't want to put that out there, but more times than not, I don't look great all the time. You know, it's just, yeah. it's not, it's a, just a false sense of reality. And that's okay though. Um, and we should embrace it more, but we live in a very um, challenging world at times. Let's just put it that way. But I, so I never want that to, you know, really um, it's going to affect people because we're all humans. But I do think that I, I, if people can grasp the fact that it is just a false reality and a facade, and sometimes people are real on it. And for those people, I commend them so much other than that. And just don't put a lot of, you know, stock in it. United Harvest procures the finest meats from the finest ranchers, farmers, and butchers. Many of you know the difference between farm-raised and store-bought meat. Having eaten those meats, I can guarantee you that they are the most superior steaks you'll ever eat. By offering the highest quality ag products directly to consumers, United Harvest is able to both bypass middlemen, pushing profits back to the American farmer and rancher, and providing the highest quality meats to you. No cold cows here. Please go to unitedharvest.com and type in the discount code FRIENDS15 to enjoy 15% off your first order. That's FRIENDS15. Ladies and gentlemen, these are premium cuts of meat with the company paying nearly twice the market price to cattlemen for their finest cattle. You will not be disappointed. So tell them about like your career now. Like, What do you do now? What's your job title? What are you working on? Because I know that you're doing humongous things. Um, so give them well, thank you for that. You guys are the best hype people ever. I'm like, we do what we can. Um, <laughs> um, so I transitioned from superior livestock auction, um, oh, almost two years ago now. I say that, yeah, almost two years ago now, and it'll be two years in February. Um, which is crazy to think that's right around the corner, but, um, I work for the cowboy channel and RFD TV, um, predominantly the Cowboy Channel and their base, the headquarters is here in the Fort in Fort Worth, Texas, in the Fort Worth Stockyards, and um, it's where our studios are, our offices are. Um, but RFD TV, they're under Rural Media Group, and um, as a whole, RFD TV studios are in Nashville. Just giving you a little background story about it, real quick. They're in Nashville, and then they have other offices in Omaha, and um, but we work closely together. They're they're sister networks. Um, with that said, I came on board to be the host and producer of a show called Ranch Her, which is a sister show of Farm Her. And that was created by a lady named Margie. And just this really great space that she honestly created um, off of digital platforms, social media and things like that. Just a falling of women in agriculture and not agriculture and just having an appreciation for it or wanting to know more about it and things like that. And so she created this great television series and 
um, also coined Ranch Her, and that's what they brought me on to do, and that's what I do now. So I have been traveling around um, the country since I started, and just speaking to different women, mainly a part of the cattle industry and business. Um, but our third episode happened to be our first season had has launched already. It started in September, and um, we might be wrapping it up because we do have the NFR this year. That's to be determined and then um, finish the second half of season one after the NFR. And um, those are just, you know, television things that you have to decide what's best for programming and viewers. Um, but with that being said, just talking to a different women, a part of, you know, the industry. But like I said, our third um, episode was on a lady who they do run cattle and her family runs cattle, but we focus more on her equine and the horses for healing program, which turned out to be a fantastic story. When I started doing rancher, I thought my role in all of this was to really educate people on cattle production, the cattle business, um, and beef production mainly like, you know, from pasture to plate. I really thought that's what I was going to be doing. And that was the main focus. After taking the time to go out and travel around the country and talk to different people, I realized some of that can become repetitive. And so getting to know these women who are part of the industry, their stories are way more interesting than just the cattle business. And that's just, you know, a part of who they are, but it's not everything that they are. And so that has been a fun, um, change in the game for me and a fun realization and just really, really, I guess just a really interesting and neat, um, and life-changing experience. I know on my end, I hope for some of these women to, to be able to tell their stories, share their stories. And for me to be able to just listen and hear and speak to them about it, you know, the show's only 22 minutes. Some of them I'm like, Oh, we could have done a three hour show and that's just not realistic. But, um, yeah, it's just been great. And a, a part of uh, Cowboy Channel, I'm also the Western lifestyle host. So I do a lot of their fashion features. I do anything Western lifestyle con related, content related, new restaurants, you know, the happenings um, with cowboy hat makers, boot makers, you name it, any of that lifestyle content. So that's kind of a fun change up as well and just really neat to do. And, you know, being down in the stockyards and I have for quite some time, I've developed a lot of great relationships. And so we share the stories of people that are down there because Fort Worth stockyards is such a destination for a lot of people, whether you're in the industry or not, people travel there all the time. And so, um, yeah, I mean, just, there's always something exciting and new going on at the Cowboy Channel. And like I said, we're the official network of the PRCA now. And so we will be hosting um, and broadcasting the WNFR this year. And it is being held in Texas. And there'll be a lot of things going on in Fort Worth. And then at Globe Life Park in Arlington is where the performance will be held. And the pre and post show will be held at Texas Live. There's just a lot of exciting things. And so my job now is, you know, transitioning from Superior, where I helped on the American Rancher. I helped um, edit, produce do all of that and then host the 30 minute live show um, called superior sunrise, which talked about the cattle industry, cattle business. And honestly, it helped me so much. It taught me so much. And I learned a lot about the industry through that. Apart from that, you want to talk about how tough it is to talk to people, older men in the industry mm -hmm. who do not care to sit there and talk to you about their business. It's challenging. So that was the best experience for me. And I'm so grateful for that opportunity. I'm so grateful for the people that I worked with there and them just giving me a chance and, you know, taking me in and being a part of that family. And then I'm so grateful for my opportunities at Cowboy Channel and RFD TV because it is fun. Like it's so exciting and it's exciting to advocate and, you know, be a voice for this industry, especially on a national platform. 
sorry long Abs- winded there no no i loved oh it because what maddie are you abducted now <laughs> no no i'm just sitting here like in amazement i think i know that- me too i was just like smiling and nodding the whole time like, <laughs> I'm, guys, I'm telling you guys are the best hype people ever well I no this. because i think you're an odd like you're you're so awesome in the fact that i think that a lot of people growing up in the livestock deal especially they think they can only have like three jobs like you know like there's they don't you don't realize just the different things that you can do um i think that you know we see like our parents and what are they doing and a lot of it's like feed sales rep animal pharmaceuticals vets you know stuff like that and those are great jobs but like great jobs you're doing so many opportunities yes absolutely and so that's what i was um just so excited about and maddie you can add in too because i feel like you haven't or i've added I, I, you know much. i do want to add sorry maddie i'm not going to cut you off real quick but i am actually but i'm apologizing I'm, for that I'm, ahead no i'm speechless I, anyways <laughs> well no and it's not even a part of but you know i've been working with somebody in the livestock industry recently and she came and shadowed me for a day and i just said it goes back to I know everyone wants to get paid and it sucks sometimes the pay that is available in this industry, but look, it's going to be a long road sometimes. And you, you have to fight for yourself. You have to be your biggest cheerleader. You have to look in the mirror every day. And I'm kid you guys not. And I'm, this might not surprise you with me. People, not a lot of people know me super, super personally. I think I'm a little guarded in that regard, but at the same time, I look in the mirror every day and I'm like, I'm awesome. I'm going to be great today. I'm fantastic. And not every day do I, uh, not every day do I believe that, but Hey, no one else is going to tell you that. So you have to tell yourself that. And I mean, yes, the people that love you are going to tell you that, and they're going to be in your corner. But when you're going through an industry like this, and there's a lot of outsiders and you know, the more you put yourself out there, the more you're going to have a lot of people that are going to criticize that. And you have to be willing to accept it. My biggest thing is I'll I'll, I'll never forget this. My parents both told me, especially my dad said, I do not want to hear you take the compliments without the criticism. He goes, you can take all day long how great people tell you you did a good job, but then you also have to listen to the one person who tells you you suck. And I'm like, okay. And he goes, you either listen to both sides or you listen to none. And I, I thought that was the best advice because, you know, you do, you have to be able to listen to everyone and especially in your career. But aside from being on TV or not, there's so many opportunities in this industry. I mean, you can be a part of the web team and the digital content platform team. And that doesn't mean just posting on Instagram. There's so much that goes into all of this, whether they're putting out a magazine, writing content, writing stories. I mean, our traffic for our web and putting out the app and all that, it's, I can't even get into you guys. I sometimes feel so dumb the people I'm surrounded with who are so awesome and intelligent and believe in this industry and put themselves in those positions and have those jobs. And they are the game changers here, right? Like I'm fortunate that I can just smile, grab a mic and say how I feel or say what I need to say and say the facts. I mean, they really drive the information in this industry and what's out there. And I just think that's a great thing to be in or the events people and they are a driving force and they make things happen and they're on the forefront you know, marketing, all of it. There's just so many opportunities. And I do know sometimes people get, you know, lost in like, oh, I maybe just want to be on TV, but there's just so much more to it than that. And there's so many other people in the wings that don't get noticed that are really the driving force behind the success and the education and, you know, the platforms built for the livestock and agriculture industries that I just can't ever get a, give enough praise to because they make me look good and they're making our industry look really, really good. But 
with all that being said, there's just a lot of opportunity out there that I think people aren't aware of. I agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, you know, for you to be able to sit here and acknowledge the fact that you are so successful, but to still attribute a lot of that success to other people that are working in the background or who have helped you get to where you are, I think that that's like the most badass thing of all, because it's so important to recognize that when you're going through life, when you're going through any stages of life, you know, Mm -hmm. all those people that are a, they're, they're cheering us on or have taught us throughout life, or they're encouraging us along the way. Um, that's, that's something that I hold near and dear to my heart. And I know Jenna does too. So we love to hear stuff like that. Yeah. I, you know, that's what just not the, this kind of an idea of just, I think going back to what you said, Kirby, with like, you're not, you're not too good for any job. You're not too good for any position. Mm -hmm. You know, our, when I went to Lakeland, the, our judging team's biggest fan was the, the cleaning lady. And her favorite thing was to sit and just to talk to us. And we would track dirt in there and hog shit, and it would be everywhere. And it's disgusting. And she loved to just clean after us and root for us at contests. And I know that's not the same deal, but you know, just there's a lot of people in your corner that you don't realize it and you're never too good for, for them. And, you know, another question with your, the rancher and all that, uh, that I want to like see your, give your take or hear your take on it. And it's something that I've noticed a lot with people, there's a, a stigma and there's like with in this industry that women are supposed to have certain jobs. And, you know, I know that with the rancher and they're getting in, like they're involved in the daily decision-making and even, people who show up, grow up showing livestock. And let's say they want to go to the army or the cosmet, they want to be cosmetologists or stuff like that. It's looked at differently, I think, from this industry. And I personally don't think it should. I think you should go have whatever career you want to. But I wanted to see what you think of that, or if you think that's happening. Um, Just something that I've noticed with people sliding into our DMs, dare I say, and being like, this is what I want to do, but I don't know if it's going to know, people are going to make fun of me or not fit in stuff like that. You know, that's really an interesting thing. Um, I guess I've never thought about that as much, especially when I was trying to get a job and I see what there is a stigma, right? You're completely hundred percent spot on. And I think, again, it goes back to our talk about just different digital platforms, especially social media playing a role in people being so concerned, um, or this fear, I don't want to say so concerned, but this fear of what others are going to think or say about them. And really all I have to say about that is until they pay your bills, they don't get to say anything or let them say something, but they're not the ones paying your bills. They're not paying your house payment, your apartment, your rent, any of that, putting the food on your table. And until they start doing that, then let them affect you. But Hey, you want to be a hairstylist. You want to be a nail technician. You want to be a janitor. You want to, you know, work at a gas station, whatever you need to do to provide for yourself and your family, you do that. And the people that are saying things, if there's a stigma or not inside the industry, outside the industry, I mean, look, one thing I've learned and I learned it a long time ago, people are going to talk regardless. Right. And, um, Another thing I've learned, especially over the years of my, again, my dad and my, both my parents, you know, say this, but my dad was pretty good. He goes, he told us three girls. He said, stop thinking people care about you as much as you think they do. They don't. And I think that's just another valuable lesson. We all think people care about us 
more than they actually do. They might care about us for two minutes out of the day when they're looking at a post or, you know, they're talking with somebody in a 30 minute conversation. And then guess what? Everybody moves on. So I do think at the end of the day, we do have to remember we're all humans. And so being a human, we're all selfish beings. Um, people care about themselves. And so you have to just care about yourself and do what's best for you career wise or not. Um, I hate to hear that though, because there is a stigma and people's words hurt and people's actions affect people. And I definitely have been, you know, on the other side of that. And I understand that. Um, but you just have to get to a spot where I always feel guilty. It might be easier for me to say, because I'm hardened in that regard. Um, but I just really remove myself and try to, you know, I'm, you, you mentioned it earlier, rely on your faith. I mean, pray about it. Pray yep. over fear and worry is the best thing you can do. And really, we all know who the ultimate judge is in this world. And he's not in, he's, you know, God is our judge. Like you just have yeah. to remember that. And so I just think that's always the biggest thing. And it catches, I, I catch myself on the other side of things sometimes. And I'm like, Hey, that's none of my business. And that doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And I can't involve myself. And so I just always, I can't stress that enough to people is really do what's best for them and what makes them happy. Um, because that's all truly, that's all that matters. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I've always said that, uh, no one here is God's intern. You don't get paid to have a little fancy badge and judge people. Um, there's only one person that does that and it's no yep. one else, but no, it's just been, uh, you know, seeing some of that. And I know that there's a lot of people that Maddie and I grew up showing with who are nurses and stuff and, Uh, and that's awesome for them because it's what they want to do and it makes me happy, but I know that they didn't do it without people saying, why aren't you staying in ag? Why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you having these certain jobs? Uh, and I think that that's not good on our part because we want the other world, the world, the outside world to know us. But when people leave and want to do things in the outside world, uh, we don't, we ask them why they're leaving. So I don't know why, uh, and not that they leave, but you know what I mean, that they have. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, like they're not, yeah, they're not, it doesn't seem like they care about the industry or they're not staying involved. And Hey, I'll be the first one to say, I never thought I'd remain in the agricultural livestock industries. I really didn't. I thought I'd do something completely different. Um, but this is, you know, what God had in mind for me and his plan. And I'm thankful for it every day. And I'm, you know, embracing the fact that I can still be a part of this industry and hopefully, you know, be a voice for those that are in it and who are a part of it, but maybe don't have a voice in it anymore. Right. Like that's all it comes down to is we just need, we're advocates for the industries that we appreciate, respect, and are involved in. Absolutely. And I, I think that like everything that you've said today is Wow. Like I had goosebumps almost the entire time that we've talked. I think we should bring your dad on. He seems very like (laughs) inspirational. Maybe we should make t-shirts with his clothes. Right. I know. And that's, I know, I don't mean to leave my mom out of it. And she's our biggest fan. She's our, you know, largest cheerleader, but my dad's going to be the first one to be like, okay, you all think you're the quarterbacks. Get back on the bench though. You're not yeah. like you're sitting this game out. Like, you know, check yourself at the door. I'm like, oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> and I think you just, you know, we all have to have, you know, that collective group in order to ground us. And I just, it sounds so similar to our family as well. So I think that a lot of people can relate, you know, you have your mom that's there to cheer you on, but then you go back home and your dad gives you that, you know, like, verbal slap in the face Mm -hmm. that everyone needs. 
So um, I know that we're getting close on time here and I, um, you know, I don't want to drag this on anymore. And I wish that we could have Kirby. We might have her on for a second episode. We probably I mean, need to. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Like, because I think that there's so much more that we didn't get to that we really would love to. But at the same time, I couldn't have imagined this episode going any better. And I hope all of you really, really enjoy it. Um, I think that I, you know, like I said earlier, I couldn't imagine having any anyone else as our first you know what do you call this jenna an episode i don't of know season? season season two yeah or uh, what did they call it in base i don't do sports it's like a opening <laughs> game or something okay yeah yeah we're just gonna we're just gonna call this our number one episode of our season two boss babe edition yeah no and, and Kirby, love before it. we before we uh you know wrap it up like i said uh Maddie and I, it's been inc- awesome. Like I was sitting here like, wow, I'm going to like email everyone. I'm going to get the job. <laughs> I'm just ex- excited. And I think yeah. that's exactly what the Keeper Pin's done. But I want you to just give your best advice to someone who is in their, either graduating high school, in college right now. If if that was you, if you were in that position, what would you tell them? Uh, what do you think we need to do better as ag industry? Just a you know, put it all out there. Um, wow. That's, that's kind of, that's a challenging question. I know. Um, yeah. Um, I guess for me too, it, it always goes back to this, right? Don't think you're above doing anything or above anyone. Um, don't be afraid to reach out to people. Don't be afraid to ask for help. Don't be afraid to lean on people. And also just don't be afraid to be you. Like you don't have to, at the end of the day, we all think we're have, having to prove something and we're truly not. I mean you just, you want to prove to yourself that you can do whatever it is you want to do. And I think that's the most important. And so you, you know, you, each individual should, I'm always, I'm big on lists. So make, you know, a list of whether it's a five month list, a six month list, a year list, a five-year plan, all that kind of stuff, make a list and make some goals and Hey, some are attainable, some aren't. Um, but don't be afraid to call on the people that'll help you achieve those goals. And don't be af- afraid to return the favor. And I think it's always great to, you know, surround yourself with the people who are going to make you a better person and a more productive person. And at the end of the day, just a person you're proud of and that you know the people you love are proud of. I'm just, I'm huge on that. And um, if you love the industry, continue to educate people and continue to just, you know, do the part that you can do in it. And I think that, um, if we all do that, Hey, you never know who's listening. It might not change the world, but it could change someone's perspective on something or someone's idea of what they didn't know about the industries, um, that you're a part of and that you love. Absolutely. And, and you never know, like, um, how small or what you think is really small can be something very, very big for other people. Uh, so Matt, I've always been like, be nice, stay in your own lane and do your thing. But like, Oh, that's what I always said. You can set the world on fire and not burn anyone else's down. So, uh, I, I can't tell you how much I love that. I think that's the biggest thing. I, um, I think judgment is, um, a really, really harsh thing. And I think at times we're all you know, we can all do that. And I think at the end of the day, we just have to check ourselves out the door 
and realize that we're all just humans and we're not perfect and we can't expect others to be. And so being kind, I mean, I know that's really thrown around a lot, um, but there's a lot of power behind kindness. Absolutely. There is. Absolutely. There is. Well, we are so thankful for you coming on. Uh, you heard it here. Be kind. And you are, can always be a trash man. Kirby Schnorr. Uh, <laughs> you can always be a trash man. <laughs> um, no, we really appreciate it. And everyone, we will see you all next Wednesday. Um, we're going to keep them all a secret because I think that we have like the most incredible women lined up. Do we not Maddie? We do. I am like so excited. I get you, no one you else. Girls, guys. And I get to like, it's, I'm so pumped up to like talk to, because even like, you know, I had no idea Kirby. I knew you were on a uh, rancher RFD TV, but like your story of getting there, like, you know, again, social media, you have no idea. And then it's, you get goosebumps and you're excited and it's awesome. And it's yeah, really, and just like very reassuring. Me- I mean, I told Kirby whenever I was talking to her about this, I mean, I've looked up to her and her sisters since I was a little girl. I always thought that they were amazing and like three of the most beautiful women I've ever seen. And so I, yeah, so I was like so super pumped to get her to come on and I know she's so busy. And so if you guys know, you guys are, and I I love when you say that, by the way, everyone is so busy in their own right. Right. Like I just, I thank you guys for including me this is fantastic but but seriously like we really appreciate it and we know that you know the time that you have is limited a lot of the time so we really appreciate it and we cannot wait until next week until you guys get to hear who are I actually don't even know who our next guest is so Jenna's gonna have to she's big time like big time like (laughs) yeah you you know okay well Okay, well, we'll have to see for next week. But until then, thank you, Kirby, so much. Yeah, thank We're you, so Kirby. happy to have you, and we will talk to you soon. Thank you, guys. Are you tired of being ugly? Are you tired of wearing boring clothes? Did you finally throw away your rock revitals? Revivals? Well, head over to the Stock Market Boutique. You will get new jeans. Thank Jesus, okay? And they're flare, so you can't tuck them into your boots, which we're excited about. And then you'll put a cute shirt on, and you'll just be ready to go. That's the Stock Market Boutique. And then you're going to go, and you're going to use the code TKP10, the Keeper Pen 10 abbreviated, obviously. And you're going to get 10% off your order. And then you're going to wear it around. And you're going to tag us in your pictures. And we're going to just hype you up like we always do. And... You won't be ugly anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Check it out. And that's the tea, sis. And that's the tea. <laughs>